0: You're listening to episode 17 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing my friend, Mary Ellen Phipps, who is a registered dietitian and the mom behind Milk and Honey Nutrition. She is so much more than just a registered dietitian, though. She's killing it in the online business space and as an entrepreneur and as a mom, of course. But we are focusing today on her journey through taking her idea and figuring out and identifying what her passions and her skill sets are as both a dietitian and someone who's passionate about food and bringing joy back into food to a monetized business that supports her family. So, Mary Ellen, she's someone really special. If you follow her on Instagram, if you're one of the almost 50,000 people following her account, you see her drool worthy pictures. I mean, I go to her account on the daily and I am salivating drooling onto my sweatshirt looking at these photos but you also get to know her incredible personality. She is a type 1 diabetic, diagnosed at the age of 5, and I feel like that really shaped her journey into bringing this business to life and bringing it to so many people who have needed her in the world of of eating and and bringing more happiness into that process. She believes that food should bring us joy, not stress, and she teaches us how to do that. And Mary Ellen makes healthy eating easier and realistic. And most importantly, she makes it really fun. So when you go to her website, you're going to see everything from amazing low sugar recipes and diabetes friendly stuff and gluten free recipes and things that the whole family is going to love. I know because I've made many of her recipes and they really are amazing. But you're also going to find some helpful tips in the space of nutrition and life. And of course, her amazing mom humor totally shines through. But I asked Mary Ellen to be on our episode today to both enlighten us as to how we as entrepreneurs can bring joy back into our health and and food because we're always spread thin and so busy. So she talks about that. But I really wanted to know her transition from Bringing this concept. Okay. I'm a registered dietitian. I could just make meal plans and sell them to know I want to take things next level. I want to scale up and I want to turn this into a personal brand that really pays and supports my family. And I want to do it in a way that I love what I do. And she made a decision you'll hear in today's episode that changed the course of her whole business. So I'm so excited to interview her. She is such a doll, so sweet and You guys are just going to love her. You're going to love following her, but you're going to more importantly love who she is and how she is making things happen. So let's get to the show and make sure, make sure that you guys give Mary Ellen some serious love in this episode and share it and tag her milk and honey nutrition on Instagram and tag me and share it with your friends. More people need more Mary Ellen in their lives. Trust me. And also, Be sure to check out the show notes for the awesome freebie on today's episode. You won't want to miss it. Okay, so I am so excited about today's guest. You guys are going to fall in love with her as much as I have, and you absolutely need to follow her on Instagram because her account is drool-worthy, but Mary Ellen Phipps is someone that I've been chatting with for a while now. She's a registered dietitian, and she is the mom and the genius behind Milk and Honey Nutrition, and she's here today today to both share more of her story about how she turned her path in life, her strengths in life, and her situation in life into a business, into an entrepreneurial journey that she's still on and absolutely killing it in. But she's also a mom and she's helping so many people along the way. And I know that her message is both going to serve you in your business and entrepreneurial journey, but also in your life. And one thing that I love that she has mastered is figuring out how to bring joy back into food and how you eat. And we know that that's a foundational principle in being a successful entrepreneur. So today we have Mary Ellen on and thank you for coming on with us. Like, I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here, and man, you set the bar high. I hope I meet, <laughs> I meet everybody's expectations, but I'm super excited
0: to chat today. Awesome. I'm sure you'll blow them away. So I want our listeners to get to know you, and for those who haven't had the opportunity to fall in love with you quite yet, tell us more about what brought you here, what led you down this path, starting Milk and Honey Nutrition, but like, let's go and rewind and tell us a little bit more about you and, and your life that brought you here.
1: Yeah. So if we wanted to go as far back as possible, you already touched on it. I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was five years old. So from the get go in life, I knew that what I ate mattered. It affected how I thought, how I felt, the things I could do, how I was limited, how like the different activities I could even do as a kid. And so I realized that a lot more than the average kid. And I recognized like, oh, if I eat this, I'm going to feel like crap or, oh, if I eat this way, whatever. But In the process of that, it kind of just preconditioned me to be obsessed with food in an unhealthy way. And so it's been a lifelong journey of, being obsessed with food in the best way possible, because I mean, who doesn't love food? Um, but all the technical stuff, fast forward, I decided I wanted to study nutrition. spent a good chunk of my career as a dietitian. I did, dabbled in a little bit of diabetes clinical, didn't really like it, wanted to throw my own insulin pump against the wall, you know, too much diabetes. And then I fell into the world of corporate wellness. And I was in heaven there. I loved my boss. I loved my coworkers. I worked at MD Anderson Cancer Center here in Texas, and it was just a fabulous job and the only job that I wanted to do more was to be a mom and to be a mom that got to stay at home with my kids. And so we made the choice after my youngest was born for me to stay home and everything was great for about, you know, two months. I had, um, at that point I had an 18 month old and a two month old, and we knew that I wasn't going to go back to my job, but we had some things happen to our house and in our life that my husband was like, you need to start making some income like stat. And so I really knew I didn't want to go back to a traditional nine to five job. And that's where I was like, okay, I'm just, I got to make this happen because I want to be at home with my babies. And so I started milk and honey nutrition thinking it was going to be this more of like a private practice. And I could, you know, help people with their health goals, help people manage diabetes and that kind of thing. And slowly but surely over the last four years, it has really turned into this online platform that we can chat more about later. But that's kind of how
0: I got here. That's awesome. I totally am going to pick your brain about that part because I know that our listeners are salivating over the details of how you went from that place of like your husband saying, okay, we need more income and you having a skill set and then figuring out how to turn it into something. That's like where so many people kind of get stuck. So we're going to come back to that because I know that's going to matter. So how long ago is that now? How long has Milk and Honey been in existence?
1: Almost four years. We're looking at like three and three quarters or something. So almost four years.
0: And there's something about the name that like warms my heart. Where did you come up with the name for your business?
1: So Milk and Honey Nutrition comes for, we're Christians and so I, you know, study the Bible and in the Bible there's a passage that talks about the land flowing with milk and honey and it was a promise that God gave to his people. And so I loved it because it paints this picture of food is a reward, food is happy, food is joyous. Like it's not this thing that's supposed to scare you or stress you out and we hear all too often like, why does culture revolve around food too much? Why Why does every celebration have to have food? And my reply is always well, why doesn 't it? Like food is something to be celebrated. it you know gives you the warm fuzzies inside, so I think it 's a great reflection of how food is joyous and it can be a reward, but it 's also something to be worked for, and it 's also something that we have a huge responsibility to treat properly,
0: yeah, definitely, so let 's unpack that for a second so you do such a good job. I follow you on Instagram and love your stories on there and your posts. And then also, your website's amazing. I've stolen many of those recipes. And <laughs> my kids love them. So, you do such an incredible job of helping people bring joy back into eating. And this is something that people really struggle with. They're stressed about it or they don't put enough value in their own health and their n- nutrition. So, why is this such a key thing for you and how do you help people do that?
1: I think why it matters to me, well, I'll start there, is I spent probably my entire adolescence and early 20s hating my body, thinking I didn't have as much value as the girl that was sitting next to me who was skinnier or whatever. And even in my like best shape of my life times, I still didn't have the self-confidence to know that like really ultimately does it matter if I have like, the most firm butt or the most whatever, like, and food on top of all the diabetes stuff just stressed me out because I was always counting calories. And I was like forcing myself to eat these things that I didn't really like, but I told myself I did because they were, you know, I'm using air quotes here, healthy or whatever. And it took a long process of getting out of that mindset. And so one of my key things that I try to talk to people about is, especially in this day and age of like fad diets, you know, you've got one friend doing keto, you've got one friend doing paleo, you've got one friend doing like, The celery juice, whatever, I don't know. There's so many different things. Is that we are each unique and different. And the key thing to keep in mind is what works for you is going to be different than the girl sitting next to you. I don't care how similar you think you are, like we are all unique and different. And so I think it really takes unpacking all of that and, you know, acknowledging what food you like and don't like with the time constraints you have, you know, maybe you are in a traditional nine to five and you just don't have an hour every night to cook dinner. So you kind of have to consider all these factors and really make food, you know, fit it into your lifestyle. Don't try to fit your lifestyle into a certain eating pattern.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And that was something that I struggled with for a long time. And I think learning those principles have totally shaped not just not shaped my body because that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the bonus. I feel like when you do it right, that's the gift you get at the end, but when you focus yeah. on the right things, it gets you to the right places. So, I want to go back to that point where we were talking about how you had to bring income into your family and there're so many people i coach kind of people at different points in their businesses so there are people who haven't even gotten their vision off the ground yet and they're kind of paralyzed by that like i know i need to create something i know i need to bring in income turn this concept or idea into something monetizable that's where they're getting stuck so they're getting totally stuck there and then i i coach people on the other end, who have incredibly successful businesses that are growing tremendously and they have a huge following and it's about taking things to the next level. But I want to speak to those people that are stuck in the beginning right now. How did you figure out how to use your story and use your skill sets to actually kind of craft something in the online business space? Did you find a coach, resources? Like, What did you do to make this thing come to life?
1: I made a lot of looking back now what I think are mistakes. But in reality, I didn't really have a choice of how I wanted to get started. I just had to get started. I knew that I was a dietitian. And I had a certain skill set and a certain area of nutrition. And there was a way to make money on that. So I started with that. And my kids at the time were in about a total of Well, actually I had a baby at home, but my older one was in about seven hours of daycare a week. And so that was my time. And, you know, the, the ultimate mom juggle of, you know, one goes down for nap, we got to do this. You know, you only have a certain amount of time. And so I started off by telling like anybody who would listen, AKA my friends and really for honestly, for about a year, I had a website. I cringe now when I think about what it used to look like, but I did it. It was out there and it was a place. And I started my Instagram account and I started my Facebook account. And I just, I I kind of followed the money very aimlessly. Like really, however it would come was doing way too much work for way little pay. I now know. But where it finally clicked with me was about a year later. And I unknowingly, and my husband was the one who pointed it out, was only willing to spend money on my business if i like already had the income that had come in to spend that money if that makes sense like there was something about me that wasn't willing to like take a leap of faith and say, okay, I'm going to spend, you know, $500 on a session with a business coach or something, whatever it was. And once I realized that it kind of, you know, it was a little soul searching of saying, well, do you not believe in yourself, whatever. And so I honestly, a lot of my big turning points came from investing in courses that were relevant to the topics I wanted to talk on. Also, a key thing is acknowledging, like you don't have to do work that you don't enjoy doing. And for me, it was like, everybody just assumes dietitians write meal plans. I hate meal plans. I hate (laughs) writing them. It's just a thing. I don't like doing them. Some dietitians do, and that's great, but they are not for me. And so I just, I said, I may, I have a little like piece of paper that I still have my notebook where I said, I will no longer do meal plans. And I haven't done another one to this day because it's just not what brings me joy in this food and nutrition space. I would much rather be the one creating the recipes that somebody else will put into a meal plan. And so different things like that, just recognizing where your passion is, you know, and really that I've heard you talk about this before too. Like, where do you want to be five years from now? How do you want to be making income and what do you need to do to get there? And it's different for everyone. But I think the key things for me were finally recognizing the things I liked doing and a little bit of that niching down. Like I've become very niche and that I do diabetes friendly gluten free recipes like there's a certain type of person i'm talking to and spending money on my business like you have to invest in the business if you want it to be more than a side hobby oh amen
0: preach because <laughs> if i weren't hooked up to my headset right now i'd be like skipping around my room because you just like hit 50 nails on the head that i feel like are so relevant to the people listening, to anybody, whether you're already successful in business or you're hoping to get something off the ground. One of the things I have to highlight that you said that's so powerful is you said, I didn't have a choice. I just did it. And it wasn't, I didn't have a choice. I researched everything under the sun. And when I felt like it was perfect and all my ducks were in a row, I did it. It was, I did it. And you admitted to the fact that you've made mistakes. And I would have to assume that a lot of those mistakes have taught you really well.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I, like I always tell people, if you want to take the time, go to my Instagram account, scroll all the way to the bottom from four years ago and see what my pictures used to look like. Like, I am very proud to say a lot of people compliment my photos and that they're really pretty, but that did not happen overnight. Like, that took taking courses on how to take pictures of food, you know, buying the right camera equipment. And I think if, the, you know, a side hobby is a job that you, you know, you take the money you make and then you use it to do whatever. A business is something that you invest on, you take a leap of faith in, and you really have to have that mindset of, I'm willing to do, you know, whatever it takes and this is what I want to be.
0: Yes, yes, and that shift that you went from chasing the money so you were just doing the things that were bringing in cash flow into your business and being fearful of spending money if you didn't have it and then that shift into understanding that you sometimes have to spend money to make more money like you have to spend a little bit more and invest a little bit more and like you said the mindset piece of it believe in yourself enough to know that when you spend that money, it's going to come back tenfold because you've got this. Like You're going to figure it out. You might screw it up a few times along the way. You might waste a little money in the process, but it will come back. And this is about playing for the long term. I think people think so short-sighted when they're looking to start something like this where they're like, I'm going to spend this money today, and I'm not going to make it back today. And then if I screw it up a little bit more and it's not back here by tomorrow, I've failed completely and I have to throw in the towel instead of saying, I'm building this for my future. You know, what is your one year, three year, five year, 10 year plan and knowing you're in it for the long haul. And there are going to be, you know, the, the path to success. People can't see us right now, but it's that it's not a straight trajectory upward. It's moving slightly upward, but with a lot of hills and valleys along the way to get there. So I think it's so powerful when you stop chasing, you know, the money and started chasing your joy. And that you wrote on the top of that piece of paper, I will not do meal plans. Because I remember when you and I first connected well over a year ago, almost two years ago now, one of the things I had reached out to you about was potentially writing meal plans. And I remember yeah. your response. You said, you know, I made a commitment to myself that I will not write me more meal plans. And I wanted to like send you a high five through email because I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman knows what she wants to do in her business. Like I totally respect that. I can find someone else to make a meal plan for this program we're doing, but I want to know what brings her joy. Because when you follow your joy, that's where you, you bring your light into the world and you do your best work. You know, if you were sitting there scribbling down meal plans, not only would you be trading dollars for hours because it's do a meal plan, get money for that said meal plan, Exactly. You wouldn't be bringing your light into the world. So I totally admire that about you. And I know that that's going to resonate and kick in the butt. A lot of our listeners who are struggling with that piece.
1: Good. We could all use a little kick in the butt. <laughs> I will add, I will add one more thing. Cause I think, and, and I don't know like what area of business, you know, all of your listeners are, are in, but if, if you're looking into this, like influencer social media space, blogging space, I think it's a catch 22 with social media because it can be a really positive place, but it looks like your success happens like that. Like it's very deceiving in that it, and that and I used to think that, and I think that's why I struggled with it for that first year of, I used to think, well, one day one of my photos is just going to get picked up and I'm going to go viral and everything's mm-hmm. great. When in reality, there is so much strategy and thought process that goes behind each and everything that a business puts on social media. And I, I'm saying business as in myself. And so I think that's a key thing too, that if someone is interested in this little corner of the social media world, to invest in tools and resources that are gonna teach you how that works because it's so much more than just you know throwing a picture up and hoping it gets shared a few times.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think, right? I know you're not alone, I thought the same thing for a long time, that there would be some viral nature eventually yeah. if I just put in the time or I would get discovered or, and it just doesn't work that way. It is so classically the compound effect, like chipping away little by little and then it compounds gradually over time. But we, of course, look at your, your feed and say, oh my gosh, she has so many followers. Her pictures are amazing. Like, what did she do to make that happen? Thinking like you did one thing. So I actually want to talk about that because it seems from the outside looking in, Instagram seems to be your jam, right? Yeah. I mean, as is. far as like social it. media goes.
1: Yeah. it's uh, when Early on, one of the courses I took, it was a course specifically for you know, how to grow a blogging based business. And she really highlighted that, you know, pick one platform, pick the platform you like engaging on just you personally what do you which one do you enjoy spending time on and put all your eggs in that basket at least for a little while because i mean just like with anything in life you can you know if you throw a bunch of pebbles in the pond all at once it's going to make a little each one will make a little ripple and then it'll die out if you throw a big huge boulder in a pond it's going to make a big wave and people are going to notice it so that's what i did with instagram and i think that's why still to this day it's, it's my biggest platform
0: so what are some things that you would recommend to someone let's say someone wants to we have a lot of people in the blogging space that are either successful bloggers that have already created their businesses or are looking to get their blogs kind of to be monetized and they i think instagram is probably one of the biggest platforms that i hear that most of them are using primarily so what are some tips that you'd give to someone that's kind of getting started in that space besides be patient and consistent any either resources that you'd recommend or simple tactics that you'd Recommend they apply to their Instagram? Yeah,
1: definitely. There's a few things. So I know you said more than just be consistent, but I would first say be consistent in several things. So you want to be consistent in who you're talking to. You're not gonna please everybody. You can't have everyone be your friend. (laughs) You have to pick who you wanna talk to, and you talk to them. Every single thing you post on social media is talking to that person. And then you have to decide, okay, when is this person on social media? And you pick your posting times, and you stay consistent. I think with Instagram, especially if you wanna see continued growth, it's important to post daily. Whether that's one, two, the most I would do is three times, that's a lot. But if you wanna see that rapid growth, you know, anywhere in there, one to three times per day, which can sound like a lot, because it is, Uh, And then getting fresh content that's your own content and or networking with other people in your space and sharing content and not sharing content in the sense that you take it on, but sharing someone else's content and saying, hey, check out this from... XYZ, you're giving credit to someone else who you have permission to share their content, and you can kind of do a swap of exposure there. And that's a great way because the more people who are talking about you on social media, the more success you're going to see. And you start to create these friendships with other people that really kind of just get your name out there. So I'd say be consistent in all of those areas. And really, the key thing I think, especially with where Instagram and Facebook, because they're owned by the same company, where they're going is to make sure that you, that that person you're talking to is not just a mom. You know, it's a mom of, uh, this is an example here. It's a mom of elementary school age kids. It's a mom of elementary school age kids who works a nine to five. It's a mom of elementary school age kids who works a nine to five, who doesn't get a lunch break, who, and you know, you can keep going, but to be consistent in who you're talking to and who like you filter everything through that lens.
0: Yes, definitely. And I see that in your posts. Like, you'll see a lot of times that either food bloggers or people in that space of nutrition or sharing images of food or whatever, they're not really talking to anyone. They're kind of putting up a really beautiful image and maybe a recipe. And they're trying to hit everybody. And I've said before, and we've had episodes on here before, that if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're connecting with no one. And I feel like you've done such a great job of really niching down and not in a way that everyone wouldn't want to follow you, but in the way that the ones that you're actually speaking to actually connect with you. And that I'm sure leads to business growth for you because that's ultimately what converts people is they feel totally connected to you and they trust you and they hear your message and they feel like you're talking to them, which is exactly what you're doing every time you put content out there. So that's so powerful. So I want to talk about hurdles for a second because we know that this hasn't been like a perfectly paved road for you, just like it it hasn't been for any successful entrepreneur. What are some of the major hurdles that you've faced over the last few years of building this business, whether it's in the social media space or growing your email list or just getting through the hardships of managing motherhood and building a business or back in the beginning, also a powerful statement. Like, I think there's some value in when your back's against the wall because it makes you put your butt into gear to build this thing. But I'm sure at the time it felt like a hurdle or stress. So What are some things that you had to face that you've worked through in this process?
1: Yeah, I think one, probably the biggest one I think any mom can identify with is, you know, I left my job, my regular nine to five job that I actually really loved to be home with my kids because I wanted to do that. And here I am growing this business. And we reached a point about two years ago where it was like, I need the kids to be back in childcare, like full-time childcare. And it, it was kind of a kind of a come to Jesus meeting for lack of a better word of really like honing in on, you know, what is my priorities here and getting rid of that guilt for putting them in school. And we call it school around here. We don't call it childcare. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but getting rid of, you know, the mommy guilt of, you know, I should be with them 24 seven and so, you know, because we're I'm building this business, you know, just like my husband goes to work every day, I'm at home building this business. And being honest with yourself that you can't build a huge business with, you know, a three year old and a baby on your leg all the time. Like you have to have help, whether that's in your home or whether that's you know sending them to school. Um, so that was a big thing for me, and it took a while for me to get in the right headspace to be okay with that.
0: I can totally relate to that because I think so many of the moms that listen in struggle with that mom guilt and struggle with, gosh, I have this calling on my heart. The Lord placed this on my heart that I'm made for something more and that I'm being called to use these gifts that he gave me outside of just motherhood. But I I want to be present with my babies. Like that maybe that's why I built my business in the first place. That's something that I struggled with was in the beginning, my reason for growing this whole thing was so that I could ultimately be home. And then when I was able to be home and my husband was able to be home. It was like, gosh, I, I still want to keep serving people through that platform. And I think one of the key things is being present in whatever you're doing, because by putting your kids in school a few hours each day, that allows you to be totally present in your business. And then when those kids come home, be totally present with your kids. Exactly. And that's so important because I went through a phase in my business when my son was born, our first, where I was answering emails while I was breastfeeding or like while I was playing with him, I was kind of like doing calls and it felt horrible. I felt like I was giving a fraction of myself to everything and not going all in on anything. So I think working through that mom guilt has to come from a place of being so secure in knowing that you're doing good and you're following your heart, but you're also being present with your family when, you know, when you're present with your family. So You know, I commend you for that because I think so many people get caught up on that. And I also read something once that really stuck with me in a book I was reading that said, have you ever seen a CEO build their entire empire or get to that level with a baby on their lap the entire time? The answer is no. You can't physically get to where you ultimately want to be if you're never seeking out the help to be able to focus solely on your work sometimes, even if it's a small amount of time.
1: Oh yeah, you're totally right. And kind of along those same lines, I I saw a quote the other day, it was like, we expect moms, we expect women to be moms as if they don't work and to work as if they don't have kids. And so it's, I think social media is to blame for it to some degree. And so if, if anybody listening is sitting here thinking, well, how am I gonna do this with kids? Because you see all these other people, bloggers or social media people doing it, so surely you can do it, I guarantee you every single person or maybe 99% of them have some sort of help. And I think it, yeah, it's just, it's just a, a a truth that needs to be spread.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to the people who might give pushback on that, whether it's family or people who mean nothing to you, the trolls that pop up on social (laughs) media that really are relevant in the grand scheme of your life, you have to be so secure in your mission and what you're working towards, and your vision for your life, and what you're building for your family that you kind of develop a thicker skin. Because I remember when I shared something about talking about having a nanny, and some some it was a troll, so it didn't really matter. But they made some comment about questioning my at me as a mom, and that I would seek out a nanny when I don't quote have to. And I remember that was kind of one of my come Jesus moments of like. Right. Either you're secure enough and you're confident enough in your mission and who you are and what you're building and what you're teaching your children, or you're not. And you're going to give in to what this person's saying. It's a tough path. There's a lot of sculpting of us as both moms and entrepreneurs when you're going through that process. So I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: and I like that we're coming full circle here. Cause this is mirroring what we were, I was talking about earlier with food and that, you know, everything looks different for each person and you do what's right for you. You know, if it's, you know, whether it's kids and childcare or whatever food you eat. And I think that's a central theme to any entrepreneur. And then, you know, we could go down the whole road of talking about the comparison trap and all of that, but just, you know, stay in your lane and do what works for you. And you will, you will be good.
0: Yes. For my really business minded people, I want to ask, you don't have to give us any numbers, but what is your primary revenue stream in your business? You know, people set up, like some people run online courses. Some people it's like, I write you a meal plan. You pay me for that meal plan. It could be events both online. And you know, what are the different streams that you have built out in your business?
1: Yeah, definitely. So probably my, the easiest one to explain would be sponsored content on my blog or Instagram or Facebook. We'll just call that sponsored content. I have made a choice not to put ads on my website. And so a lot of bloggers are able to rely on that. And, you know, I have no problem saying, you know, I may change my tune if one day I get to, you know, like a million page views a month or whatever. But for now, I've chosen not to do that. So I do kind of a little bit more sponsored content to make up for that, you know, obviously staying true to my own preferences and what I like and don't like. But then I also do some media spokesperson works for different food companies, whether that's, you know, a TV segment or writing, you know, including them in an article I write for a publication or something like that. Um, and then I also still do some corporate wellness work. This is kind of like the hidden secret of milk and honey nutrition that is just because it's not something I talk about on social media a lot, but I still do some like, you know, the typical like dietitian on site, lunch and learn different programs in with some companies here in the Houston area. That's awesome.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Cause I know the people that geek out on that stuff would be wanting to know like, well, how is she bringing in money? Is she doing courses? Is she, you know, so that that's really helpful. All right. So since we're speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial minded people or busy moms or whatever that listen into the podcast, what are some health food related tips you could give to that person that's trying to juggle building this side hustle into something they want to be full-time or taking that business at six figures to seven figures and they're spread thin or managing a full-time job and their kids. Some simple fundamental things that can bring some joy back into their eating and allow them to focus on their health and food again when it's maybe gone on the back burner for a little bit too long now.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I am a big advocate for the fact that food that tastes good just makes you happy. Like if you like the way it tastes, you're gonna be happy. And so if we're talking about being joyful, I always remind people that fat is is not the enemy. Like fat in your food is there to make it taste good. It's there to make it more satisfying. A key thing to remember is that of our three macronutrients carbohydrates protein and fat fat takes the longest to digest it takes the longest to be processed and get out of your stomach meaning that it's going to keep you fuller longer so like for most people now keep in mind you know if you have certain chronic health conditions or whatever this is going to vary but for the average person I always advocate for, you know, eat all yogurt made with whole milk rather than yogurt made with skim milk. It's going to satisfy you both, you know, mentally because it tastes really good, but also physically because it's going to stay in your stomach longer. And so if you're someone who is pounding the pavement on the go, like trying to build a business, you want to make sure you're satisfied and not, you know, sluggish because you're flat out hungry. So that's where things like your healthy fats, you know, choosing Fuller fat versions of things within reason, obviously, can definitely help you be better fueled.
0: I love that. And I'm all about the healthy fats. It's unfortunate (laughs) that they named the fat that lingers on our body that we were trying to get rid of and the fat and food the same word because it really, they're from two different worlds and they mean two very different things. One can be really positive, one can feel kind of negative. So I love that you made that the focal point. And we want to know what is the vision? moving forward for milk and honey nutrition, like what's that mission kind of underlying everything you're doing and what's the dream for you and your business and your family?
1: This is such a good question. question. Our, Our like ultimate dream is for it to be like a true family business, you know, to be able to bring in different members of my family to work on it. And, you know, I've got certain family members that already help, but for, you know, as a entrepreneur, like to one day get to a point where I could legitimately hire other people full time would be awesome. I like, and I don't want to sound uppity about this at all, but I really like what I do right now. Like I like being the, I always say, you know, I'm what helps someone get from the doctor's office to home. So maybe you learn that you're diabetic in the doctor's office and they tell you to eat this way or that way, but then you get home and you're like, holy crap, what do I do? And I'm that tool that kind of helps you bridge that gap to implement what you've learned in the doctor's office. And I like, I really, really like being that tool. And so whether that evolves into creating courses or continuous sponsored content or whatever it is, I like the, I feel like I've been really blessed with this platform and I just want to continue doing it just
0: bigger, you know? (laughs) So yeah, scaling up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you're blessed to have a platform, but we're blessed to be recipients of what you put out there because you do it in such a beautiful way and it's what kind of drew me into you a few years ago and i'm so so thankful that we've connected and been able to work together some and i look forward to more more times that we get to do things together and collaborate because i really i admire the work you do but more than that i admire the person that you are and i'm so thankful that you were able to come on and share with our listeners i know they're going to absolutely Love everything that you shared with us.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And the feeling is very mutual. And hopefully anyone listening has been encouraged and took away some practical things.
0: Yes. And where can our homies find you? Where are some good places they can look for you?
1: You can find me on Instagram, especially in stories with no makeup and workout gear (laughs) and real life, Milk and Honey Nutrition um, over on Instagram. And check out some recipes on my blogs. Shoot me an email. like all forms of technology
0: (laughs) okay awesome and i'll be sure to link to you in the show notes and again thanks for coming on and i can see a, a part two happening someday so we really appreciate you and look forward to continuing to follow your journey as both a mom and a very successful online business owner thank you thanks so much for hanging out with me today